Chapter 14 In the pale, hazy light from the street lamp, this scene in front of her seems like a dream to Dina. Chuck lay sprawled on his back at the foot of the driveway, the big man pressing him down. Jade shrieking as she tried frantically to pull the man off Chuck, a terrifying dream. And as Dina ran down the driveway, she entered the dream. Jade's frightened cries grew louder. The intruder's grunts and groans rose on the still night air. Chuck didn't move. Chuck! Chuck! Dina repeated his name as she ran. Then another name burst into her ears. Teddy, stop! Teddy! Jade's desperate cries. Teddy, please! And Dina realized the powerful intruder wasn't a stranger. She recognized Teddy. The basketball game flashed into her mind. Teddy's heroic shot at the sound of the buzzer. Teddy had seemed so light on the basketball floor, so graceful and light. And now he had become a heavy monster, strangling Dina's brother, leaning on Chuck's still body, holding him down. Let me up, Chuck pleaded weakly. Not dead, not strangled. Dina breathed a long sigh, her heart still thudding. Let go of him, Teddy, let go! Jade shrilled, please. A neighbor's lights flashed on, and the lights flickered on in the house across the street. Slowly, breathing hard, Teddy backed away. Teddy, why? Jade cried shrilly, tucking him away. Why? I heard you screaming at him, Teddy replied, breathing hard. I saw you running after him, yelling at him. I saw him push you. I thought he was hurting you. But he's Dina's brother, Jade cried. But before Teddy could say anything, Chuck startled them all by jumping to his feet. Chuck, no, Dina screamed. Too late, with a loud groan, Chuck pulled back his arm and swung his fist hard at Teddy. The punch went wild as Teddy ducked. Chuck staggered forward off balance. Teddy landed a hard punch on Chuck's shoulder. Stop it, you two! Stop it! Jade shrieked. Dina covered her eyes. Why won't they stop? Why are they doing this? She opened her eyes in time to see Teddy land a solid punch on Chuck's face. Chuck's nose began to bleed, bright red blood streaming down his face onto his sweatshirt. Chuck staggered, his eyes wild with surprise. Dina thought he would go down, but then he came back at Teddy with a shout, and he began beating frantically on the bigger boy's back and sides. Teddy grunted with pain, then twisted around and pulled himself away from Chuck. Chuck's face twisted with fury. He ran toward Teddy again, the full weight of his body behind him. Teddy dived to one side. Chuck staggered forward, stumbled, fell. Dina heard the crack as his head hit the curb. The sound seemed to split the air. It forced Dina to shut her eyes again. Chuck! Jade was shrieking. Chuck! Chuck didn't answer. Dina opened her eyes. Chuck lay sprawled face down in a dark pool of blood. His head twisted to the side at an odd angle. The one eye Dina could see was open wide, staring blankly down the street. Dina dived to her knees beside him. He's unconscious, she wailed. Teddy pushed him beside her. Don't move him, he warned breathlessly. Sweat dripped down his forehead. He placed a hand on the side of Chuck's neck. Good, I can feel his pulse. Hearing voices, Dina glanced over her shoulder. A crowd of neighbors had gathered on the curb. Turning back to Chuck, Dina could hear their murmured questions behind her. What happened? Who is he? What's going on? Were they fighting? Did anyone call an ambulance? Jay was screaming. Did anyone call 911? Please, Dina thought, staring at her brother. Please let Chuck be all right. Chuck stirred but didn't awaken. Dina heard the shrill wail of sirens. The street soon pulsed with flashing red and blue lights. Police arrived first, then the white-suited medics. A young police officer ushered Dina, Jade, and Teddy to the side. Dina struggled to concentrate on the woman's questions. She kept glancing over her shoulder to see what the medics were doing to Chuck. He'll be okay, Dina told herself. He'll be okay. But he's in trouble once again. Poor Chuck. Always in trouble. 
He's my brother, Dina heard herself telling the officer, Chuck Martinson. How is he hurt? the officer demanded. Jade answered immediately. It was an accident, she said. The two boys are messing around. Chuck fell. Dina relaxed. As usual, Jade knew what to do to keep Chuck from getting in even more trouble. Is that so? the officer asked, squinting at Jade. The neighbors reported a fight. Again, Jade answered smoothly. That's probably what it looked like, she said, but the guys were just goofing. They're really good friends, right, Teddy? Right, Teddy mumbled. The police cars rolled away, their lights still flashing. The ambulance drove off silently with Chuck in the back. I've got to hurry home and tell Mom and Dad, Tina told herself. Thanks for not telling them about the fight, Teddy said to Jade. I didn't do it for you, Jade replied wearily. Hey, I'm sorry, Jade, Teddy said, shaking his head. I mean, I thought he had taken something of yours or something. The way you were screaming and chasing after him. What were you doing over here in the first place? Jade demanded. I just came over to talk to you, Teddy said, lowering his eyes. It seems like every time I call you lately, you're too busy to see me. Jade let out a long sigh. I'm sorry, Teddy, she said. To Dina's surprise, her friend really did look sorry. I think you're a terrific guy, but I used to go with Chuck, and now that he's back in town, he's the guy I'm seeing. Hey, no problem, Teddy murmured. Even in the darkness, Dina could see the disappointment on Teddy's face. He turned quickly and slumped away. Dina dreaded telling her parents what had happened, but she had no choice. Two days he's back and he's already in trouble, her father ranted as they drove the Shadyside General. Aren't you even worried about him? Dina cried. I mean, he's lying in the hospital. Of course I'm worried about him, but what does he expect? Getting into fights all the time, Mr. Martinson grumbled. At least he can't get into trouble at the hospital. What a horrible thing to say, Dina cried from the back seat. Mrs. Mortensen sighed. Why can't Chuck just obey the rules like everyone else? Dina didn't have an answer. All she knew was that Chuck was Chuck, and he never wanted to be like other people or do the things other people did. Dina knew that her parents weren't angry with her, but she couldn't help feeling a little guilty. It was almost as though they expected her to keep Chuck out of trouble. It was a relief when she found Jade waiting for them in the hospital lobby. Dina's parents stopped at the front desk to fill out the insurance forms. Dina and Jade headed straight for Chuck's private room. They crept into the room. Chuck lay back on his pillows, his face nearly as white as the sheets. Dina had already heard the doctor's report. She knew that Chuck's injuries weren't serious, but he looked gross. His head was wrapped in a bulky bandage and his left eye bulged, swollen and bruised. Wow, happy Halloween, Jade joked. Don't make me laugh. I have chapped lips, Chuck shot back. He groaned. Did you get the license plate of the truck that hit me? Dina and Jay laughed. Forced laughter. Hospital laughter. Sort of hollow and too loud. You look great, Chuck told Jade, checking her out with his one good eye. It was true, Dina realized. Jade did look great. She wore a dark green sweater and black jeans. Her hair was pinned up on top of her head, with strands and tendrils hanging below her ears. The male interns and patients had all turned and stared at Jade as she and Dina had walked through the hospital. How's your head? Dina asked. Do I still have a head? Chuck groaned. I'm really sorry about what happened, Jade told him, squeezing his hand. I had no idea Teddy would come over, and I certainly didn't think he'd start a fight. He was the guy you're making out with Friday night, right? Chuck said, not letting her hand go. Well, yeah, Jade replied reluctantly. But I told you there's nothing between... I know, Chuck interrupted. I believe you. Now. I guess I didn't before. What do you mean? Jade asked. For a moment, Chuck didn't answer. Then he sighed. I have something to tell you, he said. His voice came out so weak, Dina had to move up to the side of the bed to hear him. 
something to tell you and Dina. What are you talking about? Dina asked. You know those scary phone calls you both got? Chuck asked. Well, I know who made them. Huh? Both girls cried out in surprise. Who was it? Dina demanded. Tell us, Chuck. Who was it? Chapter 15 Who was it? Dina repeated. She had a sinking feeling in her stomach. She knew what Chuck was about to say. It was me, Chuck murmured. I made the calls. You creep, Jade shrieked, pulling her hand from his and backing away from the bed. I don't believe it, Dina uttered. Why, Chuck, how could you? If he hadn't been lying in a hospital bed, she would have pounded him. I started making the calls before I came back, Chuck confessed. He stared up at Jade. A friend of mine from Shadyside told me you were seeing someone else. When I heard that, I went ballistic. I mean, I just stopped thinking straight. All I could think of was how I wanted you to come to L.A. with me, so I decided to scare you. Oh, that makes a lot of sense, Jade declared, rolling her eyes. But why did you call me? Dina demanded. I didn't have anything to do with Jade and Teddy. I know, Dina, and I'm sorry, Chuck said softly. The thing is, I thought it would be too obvious if I threatened just Jade. I thought if I called both of you, it would make you think that Farberson was doing it. You, you wanted to terrify us, Jade demanded, crossing her arms over her chest. That was the idea, Chuck admitted. I was a jerk, I know. His voice cracked. Dina knew it was never easy for Chuck to apologize. Jade's eyes narrowed. Was it you who sent me that awful note? The one with the bleeding chainsaw? Yeah, I sent it too, Chuck replied, sighing. I don't believe it. I really don't. Are you totally messed up? Jade fumed. Why do you think that would make me want to go to California with you? I figured if you thought Farberson was coming after you, you'd want to get as far away from Shadyside as possible, Chuck told her. I thought you'd jump at the opportunity to go to L.A. with me. Dumb, Jade snapped, frowning. Really dumb. The way I feel right now, I wouldn't go across the street with you. I know. I said I'm sorry, Chuck repeated. I don't know what else to say. Well, thank goodness Farberson isn't out, Jade declared. Well, wait a minute, Dina broke in. What about that green car? A green car followed us home from school a few days ago. We had to run into an alley to escape it. That was me too, Chuck said, groaning. A friend from the city gave me a ride from the airport. I just wanted to see you, to tell you that I was back, but you ran off before I had the chance. He reached out to Jade. Please, don't be angry, he begged. Please accept my apology. I'll think about it, Jade replied coldly. Her eyes lit up. And I'm also going to think of a way to pay you back. The next day, Dina sat in study hall, staring down at her history notes, trying to force herself to focus. Why am I still so stressed out, she asked herself. Why can't I feel normal and calm again? She still worried about Chuck. The doctors had kept him in the hospital for observation. They wanted to make sure there was no internal bleeding in his skull. When she and Jade had left the hospital the night before, Chuck was still talking about his crazy plan to go to Los Angeles, and both Jade and Chuck were still talking excitedly about the money that was supposed to be hidden in Farberson's house. Why couldn't they forget about it, Dina asked herself. Hadn't they already had enough trouble? Dina, she glanced up, surprised to hear her name, and saw Steve Mason standing beside her. I've been wanting to talk to you, he whispered. Dina happily made room for his papers on the table. I've been so wrapped up in Jade and Chuck, I haven't had a moment to think about Steve, Dina thought. Is that your research on the colonial period, he asked. Dina nodded. Yeah, it's for my history term paper. Really, I'm working on the same subject in my history class. For the next few moments, they whispered about their history papers. Dina glanced up to see Mr. Robb approaching. Uh-oh, she said. Here comes the study hall cop. I've got to get back to my seat anyway, Steve said quickly. 
The main reason I wanted to talk to you wasn't the paper. My cousin is giving a party on Friday, and I wondered if you'd like to go with me. Sure, Tina replied, smiling. I'll call you tonight, Steve promised. He picked up his papers and hurried back to the other side of the study hall. Goodbye, Steve. See you in school tomorrow. Dina hung up the phone. She couldn't believe it. For the last hour, she and Steve had been talking about everything. Australian music, American music. Shadyside and Sydney, Australia, his hometown. She couldn't remember ever feeling so comfortable with a boy. Steve and I are going out. At last I have something to look forward to, Dina thought happily. She jumped up from the bed and did a silent dance around her room. Let Jade and Chuck search for the money in that creepy old house if they want to. As for me, I'm through with the money. Through with crazy Chuck and his bad news plans, through with Farberson, and through with being afraid. She wandered downstairs to the kitchen, poured herself a glass of orange juice, and fixed a plate of cheese and crackers, then took her history book into the TV room. It was her mom's night to work late, and her father was at a meeting, so Dina had the house to herself. Outside, a freezing mixture of sleet and ice had started to fall, making it feel even cozier inside. She phoned Jade to tell her about Steve, but there was no answer. When Jade's answering machine came on, Dina hung up. For a few minutes, Dina stared at her history notes. Then she switched on the TV. Might as well have some company, she said aloud. Bouncy music blurred from the TV as the game show ended. Then Dina heard the perky voice of Katie Calloway, a Shadyside news anchor. A major storm moves into Shadyside. A visitor to town gets a special boost. And a notorious criminal is set free, all on Channel 5 News, coming up next. Dina only half-listened as several commercials came on. Then she heard the familiar musical theme of the evening news. Good evening, began the petite woman anchor. Our top story tonight concerns the release of a notorious Shadyside murderer. For details, let's go to Ralph Browning. Thank you, Katie, said Ralph. Dina glanced up to see a handsome blonde man standing in front of a prison. Dina lowered her eyes to her homework again. I'm at the state prison near Adam Falls, the reporter said. Earlier today... The justices of the state Supreme Court reversed the conviction of a man jailed here last year for the murder of his wife. Because crucial evidence was found to be inadmissible, Stanley Farberson was set free earlier this evening. Oh! A frightened moan escaped Dina's throat. She stared into the glare of the TV screen, but couldn't hear another word the reporter said. Farberson is out, Dina realized. The words repeated in her mind until they became an ugly, frightening chant. Farberson is out! 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 Now what? she asked herself, feeling her entire body shudder. Will he come after us? Will he come for Jade and me? Before she had time to think about those questions, the phone rang. Chapter 16 Hello? Dina answered in a trembling voice. Hi, babe. Dina swallowed. Who, who is this? She tried to keep her voice steady, but she stammered out the question shrilly. Is Maria there? Huh? Dina cried. Who do you want? Oh, sorry. Wrong number. Dina heard a click. The dial tone returned. She replaced the receiver, still feeling shaky. Am I going to be terrified every time the phone rings? She asked herself. A sudden noise from the kitchen made Dina jump. Then she realized it was only the refrigerator rumbling on. Come home, Mom and Dad, she pleaded silently. Please, come home. Outside, the sleet drummed against the windows with increasing force. The sound made her feel vulnerable. If someone did try to break in, I wouldn't hear them, she realized. The phone rang again. No! Dina stared at the jangling instrument, terrified. No, please! She raised the receiver slowly to her ear. Hello? Dina? Jade cried breathlessly at the other end. Dina let out a sigh of relief. She took a deep breath to force her heart to stop thudding so hard. Dina? You'll never guess what happened. 
I saw it, Tina interrupted. I saw it on the news. Huh? It was on the news? Jade sounded confused. How would they know about Chuck? Chuck? What's happened with Chuck? Tina demanded. That's what I'm trying to tell you, Jade said impatiently. After school, I went to the hospital. Chuck wasn't in his room, so I sat down to wait. Well, I waited and waited, and finally the nurse came in. She told me he'd checked out. He what? Dina cried in shock. Chuck couldn't check out, Jade. The doctors told him he'd have to stay in till Tuesday. I know, agreed Jade. The nurse said he left AMA. That means against medical advice. My parents are going to love this, Dina muttered glumly. He isn't there, is he? Jade asked. Of course not, Dina replied. But where could he be? He left a message on my answering machine, Jade told her. Listen to it yourself. Dina heard a couple of clicks on the other end, and then Chuck's voice, sounding tinny and recorded, came on. Hey, Jade, it's me. I'm out of the hospital now. If you want to meet me, I'm going over to you-know-where to look for you-know-what. See you later. Oh, no, Dina groaned. Oh, yes, Jade replied. He went to Farberson's house to find the money. Do you believe he'd go over there while he's still injured? Not to mention the major storm we're having. We've got bigger worries than the weather, Dina moaned. What do you mean? Quickly, Dina told Jade what she'd heard on the evening news. Huh? They let Farberson out? You can't be serious, Jade shrieked, but that's horrible. Farberson is probably on his way to his house right now, Dina said, a chill plunging down her back. Jade fell silent for a moment. Dina could almost hear her brain whirring through the line. The state prison is near Adam Falls, Jade said finally. It won't take Farberson more than a couple of hours to get to Shadyside. I know, and Chuck is digging around at Farberson's house right now. Oh, wow, Jade said, and became silent all at once. Chuck, crazy Chuck, she said finally. Of course, the storm might slow Farberson down, Dina said. It doesn't matter, Jade replied. No matter when he gets home, if he finds Chuck in his house. She didn't finish the sentence. She didn't have to. Farberson was a murderer. He had killed once and gotten away with it. What would stop him from killing an intruder in his house? The wind whipped the trees low on the side of the Martinson house. Dina imagined she heard someone at the window. Dina, are you there? Jade asked. Dina struggled to remain calm. Of course I'm here. Dina, you know what we have to do, Jade said softly. Yeah, I know, Dina replied in a small voice. We have to go to Farberson's, don't we? We have to get Chuck out of there before Farberson gets home. We don't have a choice, Jade murmured. We have to save Chuck. What if Farberson is already there? Dina asked. Chapter 17 Dina ducked her head against the wind as she headed down her driveway toward the street. She was bundled up in a ski jacket, wool ski hat, and heavy scarf, but the icy wind still stung her face. Neither she nor Jade could get a car, so they had agreed to meet on the South Shadyside bus. Dina waited, huddled under the bus shelter, as freezing rain and sleet fell around her. Her teeth chattered while the wind howled and swirled. She tried to remain calm, but her mind was a confusing jumble of thoughts and fears. How could Chuck do such a foolish thing, she asked herself again and again. She kept thinking of Farberson on his way to Fear Street from prison. She could see him again as he had been the year before, fury and madness on his face, as he lurched toward Jaden her with his grinding, roaring chainsaw. It'll be okay, Dina, she told herself. You're not going to see Farberson. You're going to find Chuck, get him out of that horrible house. Then the three of you will go back home. Yes, she assured herself. In another hour, we'll be all warm and cozy at home. At last, she saw the bus coming up the hill, its headlights dimmed in the falling sleet. There were only a few other passengers. Dina took a seat in the back near the heat. Three stops later, Jade climbed on. She was wearing a shiny green parka and matching scarf, 
with high black boots over her jeans. As she dropped down beside her friend, Jade unwound the scarf. Dina could see that she had put on makeup as if she were going on a date. I don't believe we're doing this again, Dina said, shivering. Me neither, Jade agreed. I mean, the only difference is, last time it was raining, and this time it's sleeting. Jade looked around the nearly empty bus. By the way, she said, I called Linda Morrison just before I left the house to make sure she heard the news about Farberson. Had she? Her number was disconnected, Jade shrugged. So, I guess she already left town. I wish I could leave town, Dina muttered. Don't worry, Dina, Jade replied softly. We'll be okay. There hasn't been time for Farberson to get back to Shadyside. You hope, Dina sighed. Why did Chuck have to pick tonight to break out of a hospital and go search for the money? Jade didn't reply. Maybe Farberson won't go to his house, Dina continued, thinking out loud. Maybe he'll go to Linda Morrison's instead. Why would he want to go to a cold, deserted house? That makes sense, Jade agreed. Sure it does, Dina said, tucking herself into it. And he'll get a big surprise when he finds out she's gone. He'll get an even bigger surprise if he goes to his own house and finds Chuck, Jade murmured grimly. Dina peered out the rain-smeared window into the heavy blackness. We just passed Canyon Drive. Fear Street is the next stop. The bus picked up speed on Old Mill Road, swaying with the curves. Neither girl spoke again until it began to slow. Here goes, Dina said, sighing. She pressed the bell. Jade rewound the green scarf around her neck and face, then stood up. Here goes, she repeated softly. Nothing to be afraid of, Dina assured herself, stepping off the bus. We have a big head start on Farberson. We'll be out of here long before he gets to Shadyside. Piece of cake. So, why did the wind seem so much colder, the sky so much darker on Fear Street? And why did she feel that she was walking to her doom? Wait a minute, Jade said. My scarf is slipping. The girl stepped into a bus shelter while Jade fixed the scarf. Ready? she asked when she was once again bundled up. Ready as I'll ever be, Dina muttered. They stepped back out into the driving sleet. The street lights cast a dim glow on the cracked sidewalk. The houses on either side of Fear Street were large but run down, most of them dark. The bare trees shivered and shook in a swirling wind. I'm sure glad I don't live on Fear Street, Jade said in a hushed voice. The Farberson house loomed ahead in the sleet. To Dina, it looked more than ever like a haunted house, with its broken window panes, boarded up windows, and loose shingles. I don't see a light, she whispered as I got closer. Maybe Chuck is in one of the boarded-up rooms, Jade suggested. Or maybe he never went here at all, Dina said. Maybe. Stop it, Jade snapped. Don't start with your maybes. Let's just go in and find him, okay? The sleet had turned the snow on the lawn into a sheet of ice. Dina and Jade held on to each other as they crossed the slippery surface. Both girls were silently climbing the broken steps to the front porch. Jade stepped up to the front door and tried the knob. Locked, she reported. Maybe he's not here, Dina repeated hopefully. No maybes, Jade reminded her. You know, Chuck, if he made up his mind to come here and find that money, he's here. The only question is how he got in. Maybe he went in through the back door, Dina suggested. Pulling a flashlight from her coat pocket, she aimed a light just ahead of her feet and led Jade around to the back of the house. Look, Jade whispered. Dina followed her friend's gaze. The back door hung open. They made their way up to it. Beyond the open door was the kitchen and other rooms, all dark as the inside of a tomb. How do you suppose Chuck got it open? Dina whispered. Maybe he found it that way, Jade replied. Come on. What if it wasn't Chuck who opened it? Dina demanded, holding back. What if it was Farberson? Farberson couldn't have gotten here so fast, not in this storm, Jade insisted. Now come on. Let's go in before we freeze to death. Holding her breath, Dina followed Jade into the kitchen, her flashlight highlighting the linoleum smeared with dirt. Jade? Dina started. Shh, Jade instructed. Be quiet. 
Let's see if we can hear anything. Both girls stood frozen by the doorway, listening, but there was no sound, except for the rush of the wind and the pounding of the sleet against the walls and windows. I don't hear a thing, Dina whispered. I think the house is empty. Let's look around, Jade suggested. Gingerly, Dina stepped farther into the kitchen. She aimed her light around the small room. Wow, she remembered, this place is a wreck. A year ago, the house had been messy, but now it was a disaster area. Cans, bottles, dishes, pots, and pans were strewn everywhere, along with empty, crushed boxes of cereal, flour, and rice. Dina shuddered as her light swept over small animal footprints on the floor. I don't think the Farbersons were such good housekeepers, Jade choked. I bet Linda did all this, Dina replied, when she was searching for the money. She was thorough, Jade said. She searched everything. Dina kept a flashlight beam aimed ahead of her as they moved into the living room. This room was even more torn apart than the kitchen. Furniture had been overturned. Books and pillows littered the floor. The sofa had been cut open and its stuffing pulled out and tossed all over. Dina spotted a faint brown stain on the rug near the hallway. She moved the light away. She remembered it was the place where they had discovered Mrs. Farberson's stabbed body. There are more rooms downstairs, aren't there? Jade asked. Dina tried to remember the house. There's a dining room, and I think there's a closet over next to the stairs, she replied. She cautiously opened the dark wood door next to the stairs to reveal a hot water heater and several pieces of luggage all ripped open. I wonder if she tore everything apart upstairs, Jade said after they searched the dining room. Probably, Dina replied. She told us she'd been all through the house. Dina had breathed a little easier as they finished wandering through the downstairs rooms. But now, as they started up the creaky wooden stairs, she felt panic rising again. Each time she placed her foot on a creaking step, she remembered the sound of Farberson climbing the stairs to get them last year. They stopped halfway up the stairs. Why don't we hear Chuck moving around? Jade wondered out loud. Maybe he's deliberately keeping silent. Maybe he hears us and thinks we're here to stop him, Dina suggested. Maybe, Jade agreed. Chuck, she suddenly called. Chuck, it's us, Jade and Dina. No answer. Dina couldn't see light from any of the rooms upstairs. The air felt even colder on the second floor. I don't think I've been so cold in my life, she complained, shivering. Just keep moving, Jade instructed. Chuck, she called again. Chuck, are you up here? Silence. No one here, Dina murmured. Maybe he already found the money and left. Maybe, Jade said. Come on, let's check out the bedrooms. The first bedroom had been Stanley Farberson's office. Dina felt her stomach turn over as she recognized the beat-up desk, the overturned file cabinets, and the closet where she and Jade had hidden. Yuck, this brings back bad memories, Jade whispered. It looks like someone has gone through all this stuff, Dina replied, sweeping her light over the room. There's no way to tell if it was Linda Morrison or Chuck. It might have been both of them, said Jade, but no one's here now, at least not in this room. The next room had a broken card table leaning against one wall. No other furniture. The closet was dark and empty. Someone had cut through the wallpaper with something sharp. They stepped into a tiny bedroom. It looked as if it might have once been a guest room, with a single bed and a low two-drawer dresser. Jade kneeled down and searched under the bed. Nothing there. We're running out of rooms, Dina whispered. One more, Jade replied grimly. I'm sure you remember it. Dina nodded. She could never forget the fourth bedroom. Farberson had trapped them in that room when he discovered them hiding in the house. The room was a complete wreck. The contents of the dressers had been emptied onto the floor, and the mattress had been slashed open. A tall pile of trash had been shoved against the closet door. Dina kicked it aside. She swept her light into the closet. Empty, except for a heap of women's clothes on the floor. Chuck's not here, she told Jade. In fact, I don't think he ever came. Jade sighed. When he left the hospital, 
He must have decided the weather was too awful to travel here. Dina uttered an angry growl. He's probably home safe and warm while we're here freezing to death. I'll kill Chuck when I see him. Jake giggled. Not if I get my hands on him first. Dina felt as if a weight had been lifted from her shoulders. I can't wait to get home, Jade said. I'm going to take the hottest bath I can and drink about a gallon of cocoa. Great idea, Dina said. So what are we waiting for? She was already halfway down the hall, making her way quickly toward the stairs, when Jade's voice stopped her. Dina, come back. Check this out. Huh? Dina turned around, the light bobbing in front of her. I just found this on the floor, Jade said. It looks like... Oh, no! Dina lowered the light to Jade's hand. She was holding a clear, flat plastic ring. It took Dina a few seconds to recognize it. She guessed when she finally realized it was an ID bracelet, the kind hospitals give to patients. Trembling, Dina took the bracelet and examined it. A wave of fear swept over her. She already knew what the bracelet would say, but a hard shudder shook her body as she read, Charles B. Martinson. He's here, Jade breathed, or at least he was here. But where? Dina cried, uselessly searching the room. No sign Chuck had been here. No sign anyone had been here, except for... Dina's flashlight stopped on the bare floor in front of the closet. In a quivering circle of light, she saw several dark stains. Dina hesitated, but Jade hurried to the closet and knelt down. She stuck out a finger, rubbed it on the floor. In the white light from the flashlight, the tip of Jade's finger came out red. She gazed up at Dina, her face twisted in horror. It's blood, Jade whispered.